This conversation from the Augusta Golf Show is brought to you by Gerald Jones Audi, online at AugustaAudi.com. Well, Kevin Robbins is the author of the new book, The Last Stand of Payne Stewart, published by Hatchet Books. It, it recounts the final year of Payne Stewart's life, which, believe it or not, ended 20 years ago this month. It is a pleasure to welcome Kevin Robbins to the Augusta Golf Show for the very first time. Hi, Kevin. Hi, John. Glad to be here. Thank well, you. Thank you for doing this. Um, I mentioned the anniversary of his passing. Was that the impetus for the book? No, it wasn't the impetus. Um, it was a it was a nice coincidence, but uh, and we, we certainly wanted to to try to have the book out in, in time for that. Um, but but there were there were many many other reasons I wanted to do this book, uh, and the date was just a nice coincidence. What um, what do you want to tell us about pain that that maybe we hadn't learned in the last twenty years? Right. Well. <sighs> I, I thought his life, given given the the twenty years of distance between now and, and when he died, and when he had that magical season in nineteen ninety nine, I thought it was worth a reappraisal. We have perspective now that we didn't have in nineteen ninety nine and, and early two thousand. So that was part of it, um, and also we should recognize that his his wife Tracy uh, co-authored a book, an unauthorized biography about her husband. It came out in, in 2000. Um, and there was another book as well. Both of them felt a little too, a little too warm. And, uh, they told one side of Payne's life, a side that was interested in preserving a certain legacy and reputation, all of which he deserved. But I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a retired newspaper reporter and I teach journalism now at the university of Texas at Austin. And I've, I wanted to give his his life, his last year of life especially, uh, a journalistic detachment that I thought it required. Uh, and, and finally, people, so I'm 50, 54 years old, John, and I, I lived through that day in 1999 when he died. I remember exactly where I was. I was a newspaper reporter in St. Louis at the Post-Dispatch and watching this terrible thing unfold on CNN in the South County Bureau. But... Younger people, younger younger uh, admirers of golf, might not know the, the the context of his life before 1999. They just might remember only the U.S. Open at Pinehurst when he took the the face of Phil Mickelson in his hands. They might remember the Ryder Cup in 1999 at the Country Club in Brookline when Payne conceded the final match on the entire golf course on single Sunday to Colin Montgomery. And they might remember hearing about the way he died, but they don't know where he came from and who he was in the eighties, in the early nineties and the mid nineties when he suffered a horrible slump. So those are the three reasons I wanted to do this. You know, and to that point, Kevin, and I don't want, I don't want you telling every story in the book, but to the point that you're making, I had never heard the story about uh, Peter Jacobson confronting him after the PGA. If you can, in, in sort of a Reader's Digest version, uh, tell that story a little bit, Kevin. Sure. I think that's an important moment to uh, understand his character before 1999. So Payne Stewart had a couple of chances to win majors 
in the uh, 80s. He, he didn't uh, make good on those. And he came to the 1989 PGA Championship at Kemper Lakes in suburban Chicago with a resolve to try to win one. He was 32 years old. He had been on tour for about seven years. He was, um, to use a cliche, the best player to have not won a major at the time. A lot of people thought that. But he needed to earn that. So he came to Chicago with the resolve to make it happen. Shot an opening round 74. It seemed like, oh, here we go again. Payne Stewart coughing up another major. But he followed that with a couple of rounds that put him in close contention, six shots back to start Sunday. And he shot 31 on the back nine, a flawless side of golf to give himself the clubhouse lead. And now all he had to do was wait for Mike Reed, who was the leader, a really well-regarded 35-year-old from Utah, a gentleman, someone people really liked, and also a straight hitter of the golf ball. Not long, but straight. So instead of going to the putting green by himself or with his caddy to roll some putts or just having some quiet time to himself, Payne sort of cavorted around in the scoring tent, uh, clowned a bit, just like really acted out. It wasn't it wasn't good optics at all. And meanwhile, Mike Reed was on the golf course giving up the PGA. He made a, a bogey on 16. He doubled uh, uncharacteristically on 17. Mike Reed came to the 18th hole with a, uh, a makeable putt to tie pain and go to a playoff. He missed it. And instead of really recognizing the moment for what it was, which was somewhat somber, I mean, a guy had just coughed up a chance to win a major. Um, Payne just sort of, was, he was very self-absorbed and, uh, and sort of acting out. And in his post-round press conference, he didn't really recognize um, how to comp- conduct himself and um, just didn't read the room very well, John. And so... Uh, he had won his first major, yes, but he had also kind of affirmed his reputation as someone who was uh, immature, and cocky, and again, self-absorbed and a bit impetuous. So uh, Peter Jacobson, who was, his, who was Payne's friend, they played in a little band together called Jake Trout and the Flounders. Peter took him into the men's room, away from everyone, at Kemper Lakes, and put him up against a wall, you know, took his, took his collar in his hands and said, look, man, you didn't really win this major. You didn't win this golf tournament. Mike Reed gave it to you. He wanted Payne to recognize how to be a champion. And uh, that was a really influential moment in Payne's life. We're talking with uh, Kevin Robbins here on the Augusta Golf Show. Name of Kevin's book is The Last Stand of, of Payne Stewart. I, I, I get what you say by wanting to give it some perspective because to your point over the last 20 years we've we've heard from all of his close friends there's the Payne Stewart award the friends talk of him in in glowing terms especially uh, Paul Azinger but but I I gather from what you've said you kind of want to you know you got to show the warts to show just how much he had changed in those last 18 months of his life you got to show the growth um as I said, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a former sports writer, and, and so I've paid attention to sports journalism. I teach it now, so I've paid attention to it for a long time. And, uh, you know, too much of it is sort of one-dimensional and uh, uh, characterizing athletes in terms of heroism and sort of 
this almost big, people bigger than life. And Payne was a real person. And that's why he, he's relatable. He, he had regrets in 1999. He, he looked back on some of the things he did and said as a young man. And while he couldn't change those, he wanted to, he wanted to redeem himself in a different way. And so in a lot of ways, John, Payne Stewart is you, he's me, he's everyone, because we all have those same kind of wishes that we could, that we hadn't done something when we were younger, but we can't change those, but we can change ourselves. And that's what Payne was doing in 1999. He showed us through his actions, not just his words, but his actions in 1999, that he was a different man, that he was self-actualizing, that he was becoming a better person. And who can't relate to that? And then in October, on October 25th of that year, he gets on a Learjet in Orlando and it takes off and it doesn't come down for five, four and a half hours. It's, it's flown on autopilot because everybody inside had died, including pain. So we don't, we never got to see how the story ends. And that's, that's not fair. That's tragic. I think often, Kevin, about just how different the PGA Tour champions would be had had Payne had the chance to play on that tour. Oh, yes. Can you imagine? Is there a player better suited <laughs> for that kind of, of circuit? I, I think Payne, now he was 42 when he died. He probably wasn't thinking about the what he would do after the age of 50. He wasn't a real forward-thinking person to begin with, but... Can you imagine what fun, uh, what character and personality and flair he would have brought to that tour, which kind of thrives on that kind of thing anyway? The book is The Last Stand of Payne Stewart by Kevin Robbins, available wherever you get your books, published by Hatchet Books. Uh, congratulations on this, Kevin. Uh, thank you for taking the time to do this, and thank you for writing about Payne, and, and we'll talk again. Thank you. John, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure.